Hi, I'm Emma, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and you're listening to the Therapy in a Nutshell podcast. It's my mission to create easy to understand educational content about therapeutic skills and topics that anyone can use in their daily life. I hope these episodes bring you more insight into how your mind works and what actions you can take to improve your mental health. Each podcast episode comes from a corresponding video you can find on the Therapy in a Nutshell YouTube channel. Also, these podcasts are educational and don't replace the advice or direction you may be receiving from a therapist or other health professional. Now let's jump into today's skill. Okay, today I had the amazing opportunity to talk with Dr. Nikki Deneza. She is known as the gut microbiome queen. We always have a blast talking. She knows the insides and outsides of your insides. She specializes in helping people treat things like SIBO and IBS, and she also is on the IBS Freedom podcast. So I hope you love hearing what she has to say today. We're going to learn all about the gut microbiome, how that impacts mental health, and some of the things you can do to improve your mental health by improving your gut microbiome. Okay, let's jump in. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. I really appreciate your expertise and all the experience that you bring to the table on helping people improve their gut. So let's jump in. How does the gut impact mental health? Oh my goodness. So this is something that's really, really hot in the research right now. And we're probably going to learn more in the next 5, 10, 20, 100 years. But right now, it it does seem to affect mental health. I will say it's a two-way street. I want to say that right out the get-go. I've seen a lot of people who are either told or they've come to believe that if they just fix their gut, then they can kind of put the mental health stuff on the back burner, or it will magically just fade away and go away. And while I have seen cases where healing the gut or working on the microbiome has helped things like anxiety and depression. I don't necessarily think we're in a position yet to say only work on the gut, like hyper-focus on the gut and completely ignore your mental health, which is probably not a surprise to you based on the stuff that you've taught us on your channel. But one of the really fun kind of nerdy ways to wrap your head around it is that there's this thing called the gut-brain axis that literally is like the nervous system superhighway that connects your gut to your brain and your brain to your gut. and your gut brain axis is picking stuff up from the gut, molecules, vitamins, things that are made by the microbiome. And it's picking those things up and carting them back to the brain. And then that can change inflammation levels or signaling in the brain and vice versa. If you were theoretically to cut this super highway and your gut was severed from your brain, your gut wouldn't work. Right. Like your gut doesn't just make digestive juices for the fun of it. Your gut makes digestive juices because your brain tells it to. Mm-hmm. You make stomach acid because your brain tells it to. You regulate your microbes. You regulate inflammation at the gut level. You do things like bring blood flow to the gut because the nervous system specifically commanded it to be so. Mm. So again, two-way street, they're both very important, but they do seem to be very much intertwined. That's such an important way of thinking about things because you know you find you find this a lot when people are struggling with anxiety or mental health is that they think about things in a really rigid way they think in kind of black and whites right so oh mm-hmm. if i just hyper focus on my gut we'll solve things or if i just hyper focus on what i eat i can fix everything or yep. you know it's hopeless why try because everything's so messy so I, I really appreciate the nuance that you bring to that yeah absolutely i think 
most everything relating to our health is messy to some degree. Mm -hmm. And part of the journey is just embracing the messiness <laughs> and the unknown. <laughs> but that could be hard if you have a lot of anxiety or OCD or like mental health struggles because the unknown could be really terrifying. But I try to kind of stride that line between knowledge and what we don't know. Yeah. And and so now I'm going off script a little bit, but, but w would you say that when it comes to diagnosing what the actual issue is with the gut, what the actual concerns are, we just generally don't have enough, we don't have enough data to be really fine. What's the word? To be able to really discriminate what's going on in the gut that's causing specific mental health problems. It's more of kind of a trial and error system. I think so. I, I think also like, um, I'll kind of use a different diagnosis to paint a picture. So if somebody came into me with migraine headaches, mm -hmm. and I don't think anybody has an understanding of migraine to the point where we could say, ah, yes, it is 100% this thing. And I feel the same way about anxiety and depression and, and, and honestly, even things like irritable bowel syndrome, like we don't know definitively, oh yes, it is always going to be this one thing, just test for this one thing. So, you know, with, with something like irritable bowel syndrome, sometimes the person does have leaky gut. Sometimes they have small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Sometimes it's a fungal candida kind of thing. Like you really just got to rule out and rule in the things that make the most sense as you go. But again, that's like the gray area that's really frustrating and really scary for people who already have pre-existing anxiety. Right. So it's tough. Yeah. Yep. And hopefully one day in the future, we'll be, we'll get more diagnostic tools to help us identify what's going on and what, what works and, and everything like that. But, yeah. But for now, there's some, some basic things that we can um, try and, and lean on to improve, you know, our gut health and our mental health. Okay. So here's my next question. How does inflammation affect mental health? Oh, again, like this is huge. This is really well researched now and it's going to be more and more researched in the years to come. Kind of the primer I want to start people off with is that when we talk about inflammation, we're usually talking about part of the normal process of healing. If you didn't have inflammation, you would die pretty quickly. You wouldn't be able to heal something simple like a sprain or a cut, and you wouldn't be able to handle things like infections. You wouldn't be able to manage your microbiome if you didn't have some degree of inflammation potential in your body at all times. And a lot of it is tied up in the immune system and how it's responding to perceived threats. So again, like injuries, infections, things like dysbiosis, the imbalance between the good and the bad critters in an ecosystem. So inflammation is this really big thing to wrap your head around because it's like we're talking about the immune system, we're talking about healing, we're talking about something that's normal, but like if it's too much or for too long, it's a bad thing. But that being said, there is a ton of research now that's showing that there's a lot of inflammatory cytokines, which are these messaging molecules of inflammation that can cross the blood brain barrier and they can affect your nervous system either out like in the periphery, in the body or in the central nervous system. And we also know to kind of like bridge the two together. We also know that if you have a problem in your gut, or if you have dysbiosis, again, that that imbalance between the good and the bad in the ecosystem, we know that that can be a driving factor for the generation of those cytokines mm. and that inflammation. Because mm -hmm. it's like your immune system, most of which lives in your gut, perceives a threat, whether it's correct or incorrect, that's up for grabs, but it perceives a threat and it launches the attack. 
you get the cytokines and then those get picked up by the vagus nerve or the bloodstream and they make their way up to the brain and they do affect nervous system function. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the research that we have right now is, is looking specifically at the brain, whether it be things like anxiety and depression or things like Alzheimer's disease and Parkinson's and ALS. But we have a lot of research indicating that neurological deficits in any way, shape or form are influenced or possibly caused by inflammation. Mm -hmm. And then on the other hand, we have a lot of research that's showing that the gut and dysbiosis in the microbiome could be a driving force for the inflammation. And now I think it's a matter of maybe getting some better quality studies to really bridge the two together in a nice, clean, packaged way. Yeah, that's that's a really concise way of putting it. And can I add one more thing? Yeah, of course. You just applauded me for being concise and I'm going to ruin it. Go for it. Remember the whole two-way street thing? Yeah. I'm pretty convinced that everything in the body is a two-way street, just for the record. Mm -hmm. But say like you had something going on in your gut and there was some inflammation, there was some cytokines. And then let's say that did affect your brain in whatever way, whether it be again, anxiety, depression, whatever. Generally speaking, inflamed tissues don't do their job as effectively as they could. And, you know, picture like if your knee was inflamed, would you have full range of motion? Right. No, it'd be Probably stiff. not. Yeah. Yeah. And like the brain is very much in that camp. Like if the brain is inflamed, it doesn't do its job as effectively as it could. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're seeing some of the symptoms we do. It also means that that gut brain axis doesn't work so hot. And then that could further exacerbate the pre-existing condition in the gut. Mm. And you just go round and round. It's like the gut causes inflammation, but then the inflammation messes with the gut brain axis. Well, now you're not digesting your food quite right. And now that makes the gut problems worse, more inflammation. So it could be a really squirrely catch 22 that people find themselves in. And that, that makes a lot of sense to me because, because basically if we talk about, I mean, so like you said, inflammation is a response to a perceived threat, right? And that triggers the body's defensive response, which kind of drops us, like in the short term actually is protective and healing. Yeah. And in the long term drops us out of kind of a maintenance healing mode and into a survival mm -hmm. mode, right? So your gut mm -hmm. gets into like, oh, we just got to get our macros in. We just got to get our macronutrients processed or whatever. Maybe isn't able to digest or absorb as many of the micronutrients yeah. Or just function as well that maybe ideally could, right? It's the old metaphorical running away from the tiger. Right. If you're running for your life, running from the tiger, are you going to eyeball the apple tree that you sprint by and go, oh, I really want an apple right now? Right. Luck, munch. Like, no, you're just going to run past the apple tree because you're trying to save your life. So yeah, it doesn't put you in a good position for the whole rest and digest thing. If you're inflamed or if your nervous system is out of balance. Yeah. Totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. Okay. So jumping right ahead, what can people do to improve their gut microbiome and improve their, their gut health, which can, you know, for some people so influence much. their mental health? So much, so mm -hmm. much. And probably the biggest recurring theme in my work that I've seen and in hundred something episodes of a podcast at this point, and God knows how many YouTube videos is oftentimes you've got to get back to the really unsexy basics mm -hmm. and the foundations first. Like a lot of people for better or worse, they will see somebody comment about a new fancy herbal supplement. And I love herbs, like don't get me wrong, but they'll see this new fancy herbal supplement or this new like vagus nerve stimulator device right. thing. And again, those could be neat, but they, they, and they try the thing and it doesn't work so hot. And it's like the glammy, the glamorous, sexy 
things like they entice us and they lure us in, but they're not always living up to the promises that they they tell us. Yeah. And I think it's often because the folks trying to use those things don't necessarily have all the foundations in place yet. So things like getting adequate sleep or getting decent quality, moving your body, and just like whether that be exercise or walking or you know whatever it might be, yoga, moving your body is is huge eating at regular intervals mm-hmm. and eating at a pace and in a way that you can actually digest your food so the whole scarfing a granola bar in the car on the way to a meeting really not good for your gut or your nervous system and there's a lot of good studies linking irritable bowel syndrome with irregular meal timing mm-hmm. or like fast eating or irregular meal habits now interesting uh, so like even stuff like that like just take the time to really process your food Notice the taste, the texture, the smells, actually try to enjoy your food, eat some food that you enjoy Mm -hmm. too. Like a lot of people are so obsessed with eating clean that it zaps (laughs) the enjoyment out of their nutrition. Yeah. And, and that's huge. Like if you're not enjoying your food, then your vagus nerve isn't going to be super inclined to help you digest it thoroughly, Mm -hmm. I think. So yeah, a lot of the unsexy basics go a really long way. Probiotics and prebiotics are great too, but again, that's getting a little bit fancy. But I think if, if I had to say one single thing, like if, if people are listening now and they're like, this is cool, but it's a little overwhelming. I just need like one action item from what I have come to understand the variety of, of fibers that you eat on a day to day, week to week, month to month basis is probably the number one factor for microbiome health. Mm -hmm. So if I may, I'll paint a picture and this is real life. I have an uncle who the only fruit or vegetable the man eats is carrots. He will eat nothing else. It's like pizza and junk food. Or when he visits our house, we make him carrots. And it's this big running gag of the family. Like when Uncle Paul comes over, we have to have carrots because it's the only healthy thing he'll eat. (laughs) Well, my Uncle Paul could theoretically, and I'm not saying this happens, but theoretically he could eat 50 servings of carrots in a week. And you'd be like, dang, he's eating a lot of vegetables. You go Uncle Paul. But from a microbial standpoint, he's only feeding the gut bugs that really, really like carrots. The gut microbiota that prefer cucumbers or arugula or peaches are starving to death. Right. So he might have like the quantity of vegetables theoretically, but it's the variety so that you're feeding all of the good guys in the gut you're giving everybody a little bit of the food that they like, that's what's actually more important. And theoretically, you could have another person who only eats 10 servings of vegetables a week, but they eat one serving of 10 different vegetables. That person's probably gonna have a healthier gut microbiome if I had to place a bet at least. And there was a really neat paper a few years ago where they actually were able to give us more of a definitive number. Mm. It seems like the number is 30 Mm. per week. If you could get 30 different fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, whole grains in your diet, different fiber sources, if you can hit that mark of 30 each week consistently, that is very well correlated with better microbial health, better diversity and better richness in the gut microbiome and better overall health outcomes. So that's that's probably the number one thing if anyone could take that away. Although I will acknowledge if you have gut problems right now, or if you're struggling with something like IBS or SIBO, that might be depressing because food might be triggering symptoms right now for you. Yeah. And you might be thinking, great, even if I wanted to, I can't eat these foods yet. 
I'll just say like, you, you can get there. It's a little complicated for this format in this video, but you can get there. I've seen people who eat three foods, broaden their diet back out to eating a normal diet again. It's just a matter of what steps you need to take to get to that point. But the food is not the problem. It's the tolerance to the food mm -hmm. that needs to be addressed. And that can be remedied with enough time and effort and the right steps in place. So that was a little long-winded perhaps, but no, variety. that's great. Yeah. Variety. Right. Variety is where it's at. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us today. Really appreciate your expertise. And if people want to find you, learn more about the work you're doing to help people with IBS and SIBO and other issues with their gut, where can they find you? Yeah, the internet. So I'm also on YouTube. <laughs> My channel name is Dr. Deneza. So it's spelled D-I-N-E-Z-Z-A, Gut Microbiome Queen. I have crowned myself the queen. Likewise, on Instagram, I'm just gut.microbiome.queen. And then I've got links on both of those platforms and they can find me. I've got a couple of different websites, but really YouTube and Instagram are the two primary places I hang out. And then I have a podcast that I do with a friend who's a registered dietitian and we talk about gut stuff and that's called the IBS Freedom Podcast. And that's on YouTube as well as like normal podcasting type platforms. Awesome, cool. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Okay, I hope you enjoyed that. And again, you can find more of Dr. Deneza's work on the IBS Freedom Podcast. And you can also find her on Instagram and YouTube as the Gut Microbiome Queen. Thanks for listening and take care. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found something you can add to your daily routine that makes your life just a little bit better. If you want to learn more about topics like how to process tough emotions, how to change your brain, how to build better relationships, or support someone you know with a mental illness, then check out my classes at therapyinanutshell.com. And if you feel like these podcasts have been a benefit to you, please leave a rating so others can more easily find this content. Thank you so much and have a great day.